You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're fulfilling another Max Fun Drive 2020 reward, taking you behind the scenes. You get to see Ooh. how it's all done here and how see to how make... how the vegan sausage is made. <laughs> and how to make a book podcast. And yes, the long-awaited... Much overhyped, <laughs> finally giving it to all the people. Uh, interview with our sound engineer, Sean Cook. I don't know his middle name. I was gonna just make up one, but I said it not to. Sean Cook. <laughs> the the giving the people the the hot hot Sean tent they have been clamoring for for years. Uh, but first, Bria, what are you reading? I am reading um, a book that I feel like you knew I was going to read uh, because it is. Yeah, Jesse's new book, uh, Transcendent Kingdom. Oh yes, I because like uh, actually we actually got some uh, some feedback after we did our most anticipated books of twenty twenty. People were like, "Why are people? Why is Bria not reading Transcendent Kingdom?" I, well, now she is. <laughs> I yeah, I totally. I don't know. I guess I missed it, but I did uh, read it. You know, can I just say this about some of our anticipated books? Started some of them, did not finish them. So sorry if y'all don't Ooh. hear about them on the show. That's what happened. But this one. Wasn't on my anticipated books for some weird reason, but um, it's her. Uh, so she she did this book, Homegoing, which everyone knows I really liked. Um, but this one is very different. Um, it is about it's very it's like home Homegoing was like very big and it went through multi generations. And this one is still about family and about immigrants and uh, but it is about one specific family. It's about um a family from Ghana who moves here, the the mother and the children, and then the husband joins later. Um, and they move to Alabama. And it is about um, the, it's told from the point of view of the daughter. And it is, it's all, I mean, it's about a lot of things. It's about her relationship with her mother. It is about being an immigrant. And it's also a lot about um, religion, specifically Christianity uh, in the South, but also just at worldwide and science because her mother is a big Christian and um, her and she becomes this, uh, oh, I should know what kind of scientist, but some sort of like neuroscience researcher. Um, and it is... So well written. It's so beautiful. I actually got it on audiobook so I could listen to it when I wasn't reading it because I loved it so much. Wow, that's uh, awesome. The, the narrator is great, and I've heard her on other... She's she's done other audiobooks that were really good that I liked as well. Um, I'll find her name before we end this. Um, and, um, oh, it also... Just a warning, there is... Um, there's a lot of darkness in this book and definitely uh, trigger warnings for addiction um, and death. Uh due to addiction. Um, but that, but it is very, very great. Uh, it is so moving. I, of course, what, yeah, y'all, you should have called me out and told me that, why was this not on my book list of anticipated <laughs> books? Somehow I missed this. I, I don't look at what's coming up very often. So that was, when we did that, that was like the hardest episode for me trying to figure out what was coming out. But yeah, so Transcendent Kingdom. Uh, what, what are you reading, Mallory? I am also reading a buzzy 2020 release that was not on my anticipated books list, and it should have been. I know that uh, a few, I've seen some folks on our Slack channel uh, who've read this book and they were excited about it and they loved it. Um, it's Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. Uh, so it's a YA book uh, that is like so squarely in my wheelhouse. It is about, um, it takes place in LA. It is about this young uh, teenage boy. He's 16 years old, and he, but he comes from a family of witches of brujas and brujos and um but he's transgender so he was supposed to have his like ceremonial like coming of age uh 
ritual where he like, you know, got like, you know, was given like formally given all of his like brujo powers. But because he's transgender, his family has postponed it indefinitely because they believe that he's a a girl, which he is not. So to fix this, he decides to do the ceremony on his own to show his family that he's act like he, he is a, he's a boy. He, uh, he can do this. He should, he, uh, is worthy of his brujo powers. Uh, but of course the ritual doesn't go exactly as planned and he ends up, um, sort of bringing about this, a ghost, uh, of someone that he didn't mean to to bring the ghost of back, um, but it's a sexy ghost. Oh. And uh, so through there's this like it's through the story of like him coming of age and like trying to to fix this and, and show everyone that he has his powers, but also like helped and um, uh, helped along by this uh, this male this, this ghost of this other teenage boy. Um, and I'm, as I was reading it, I was like, this is the second book I've read this year about people who have like. Uh, g- crushes on ghosts and I'm like I wonder if this is in my wheelhouse <laughs> uh, it's just like so much fun um, it's such a great story um, and I love it so far so that's uh, Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas and mine is Tran- Transcendent Kingdom by Yad Jesse uh, and it, just so you know if you if you the narrator is uh, that I'm listening to is uh, Bonnie Turpin who is amazing awesome so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Beth wrote in with a hot book tip. Wow, wow, wow. Time for, we haven't had a hot book tip in a long time. I know. We're overdue for this hot book tip. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so Beth says, I too have trouble remembering characters in a book when there are too many of them. When I read Emma by Jane Austen, I copied the Sparknotes character page and saved it on my Kindle so I could flip back and forth whenever a random townsperson showed up and I couldn't remember who the fuck they were. <laughs> Unfortunately, that included some spoilers for who wound up married to who at the end. Uh-huh. Currently, I'm reading The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead for the uh, New York Public Library Get Lit Book Club. The book is so, so good, although also horrific, but beautifully written. And as it is said at a boys' school, there are many characters. I tried Bria's tip of searching for the character name when I couldn't remember who somebody was, but found it was a bit clunky and interrupted the flow of my reading. Mm. My solution has been to highlight the sentences of description mm. that Whitehead writes when a character is first introduced. That way, when someone turns up again, I can just tap the top of the screen and then go to notes and all my highlights appear. No more typing on the weird Kindle keyboard. Oh, That's a hot book tip. That is a really, wow. That is a smoking hot book book tip. That book tip <laughs> has lit up the sky with its heat. It is it's really a- good. That's a great that- great idea. Because you're basically making your own Spark Notes page, yeah. but with no spoilers. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. That in the author's awesome. voice. I love that. So Bex wrote in and said I was listening to the episode on annotating books, and when y'all mentioned merging book collections, I knew I had to chime in. To preface, I have been married to my partner for two years this October, and we've been together since 2015. Not that length of time is necessary. Not that length of time necessarily corresponds to the quality of your relationship, but anyway. Look, Bex, we like the details. Give us the details, okay? (laughs) He is my best friend, and I love him deeply and with my whole heart. That said, (laughs) we have not and likely will not merge our book collections. Since Marie Kondoing in near nearly 200 books from my collections last year. It barely fits on two Ikea Hymnus, Hymnus? Hymnus. Hymnus bookcases in our hallway. My husband's is stuffed into a tiny three shelf case in our office, which in retrospects make it, makes it sound like I banished it there. He gives zero fucks <laughs> about me using his books and he also knows that I am full on Smeagol about my books <laughs> and no one can touch my preciouses without my rarely given consent. In my defense, he once left a volume of my magician's collection <gasps> on an airplane. 
Listen, oh, wow. I, I'll defend him to because it's easy to live a book on an airplane as a person who's left not one, but two Kindles on an airplane. <laughs> um, against my defense, I'm a librarian. Borrowing books is our whole thing. Maybe it's because I see the horror things folks do to books on a daily basis that's made me this way. <laughs> Whatever the cause, I appreciate my husband's affectionate tolerance for my dragon horde-esque neuroses. I love this. And I will say... Um, when it comes to me and Jeremy merging our book collections, our book collections are so similar to the point where we have doubles of almost everything we have. Mm. It's ridiculous. So it doesn't feel, it felt pretty easy to merge them because they were just sort of the same. But I can definitely see if you like had, like if you had uh, like a bunch of romance novels that uh, your husband would never read and you would like wanted to keep them to yourself and protect them. I am, yeah, I think folks, please send in more um feedback we want to know about uh whether or not folks uh merge their uh book collections with their significant others or not i think that's very interesting also what a clever email i mean this is a very clever email bex i think you should be a writer i loved it <laughs> yeah fantastic uh you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes uh so before we talk about making a book podcast we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Green Chef makes staying healthier so much easier because it has all sorts of options, including paleo, keto, and plant-powered diets. I love the word plant power. That makes it feel like you're like a steam engine and you toss like broccoli and stuff in there and then it makes you just keep going. Uh, Mallory and I are both plant powered and we both really enjoyed Green Chef who um, is is now owned by HelloFresh. Uh, we've used both and we enjoy both. We love what they send us. It's very exciting to, re- to get your ingredients, to get to make stuff and it's also really fast. We're both really busy people. We don't have a ton of time to cook. It is great that someone else has planned the cooking for us. And all the ingredients are there. They're ready to go. You don't have to go to the store at the last minute. You don't have to be like, oh, no, I need, I forgot peanuts. Unless you're allergic to peanuts. Don't get peanuts if you're allergic to peanuts. But I, you know, they're going to send all of the things that you need. So it's ready to go. You don't have to think about dinner. You know, there is such thing as a decision exhaustion. And by dinner time, I feel it. I definitely feel it, which is why we are so happy to be sponsored by Green Chef, who makes those decisions so easy for you. I'm a big cook. I love cooking, but that doesn't mean I want to make the decisions all the time. It doesn't mean I want to choose what I'm going to make. Mallory's also gotten this box, and she's not a big cook. So you can you can be a really great chef. You can be a mediocre chef. You can be a non-chef. You can be a person who just wants to open a package and throw it in the bowl, and Green Chef will actually show you how to cook, teach you how to cook, but it's very, very easy. You can also switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready so you can always try something new, a new way to eat, a new type of thing to eat. All the recipes come with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos, which I really appreciate because then I know I'm doing the exact right thing. (laughs) So go to greenchef.com slash glasses90. That's the code glasses90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That is amazing. So make sure you use that 90. That's greenchef.com slash glasses90 and code glasses90 for $90 off. That's a ton. That is many, many groceries. You may as well try it just to see how it goes. And it's a great time to try it when you don't want to go to the grocery store, when COVID is rising. This is the time, y'all. Let's go. Glasses90. Glasses90. 
Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. <laughs> wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! This week, we're fulfilling another unlocked Max Fun Drive reward. We're taking you behind the scenes on how we make reading glasses. First off, thank you so, so much to all our subscribers. You make it possible for us to put this show out every week. It is a lot of work putting this show out every single week. It, it, it's bonkers. And the wonderful folks that support us through Maximum Fun really, really make that possible. So, Mallory, can you guess how many book-related podcasts there are on iTunes? I'm going to guess 200. 240. That was a good guess. Wow. That was yeah, a good guess. there's a lot of book podcasts out there. Uh-huh. And that includes everything from a Moby Dick-related podcast, a podcast just about dead authors, and a mini <laughs> advice for writers podcasts, which get included in the book podcasts. I don't necessarily think that that, I feel like that should be like a craft thing, not a book thing, but whatever, I get it. Um, so many Harry Potter book uh, podcasts. But I just want to say 240 sounds like a lot. We're going to talk to you about the behind the scenes of how to make a podcast and I think there's room for more. I think there could yeah. be more book podcasts because I think they're all, uh, I think I think there could be more book club podcasts. There's a lot that I feel like there's some holes in the book podcasting world. I agree. There's too many podcasts that. out there, but not enough book podcasts. <laughs> more book podcasts. Uh, so, Bria, should we tell the origin story of reading glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you want to make a book podcast, a mommy book podcast and a daddy book podcast get together and they... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. This was almost four years ago, I think. Maybe. I think we were sitting in a restaurant and we were having a quirk conversation about book lights. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, we were we were having dinner with our friend Jason and we were talking about you were we were we were talking we were recommending different book lights to each other based on how they, like how bright they were mm. and whether or not they would wake up because you were looking for a book light that wouldn't wake up John. Yeah, that's right because you and I especially at that time we were both waking up in the middle of the night and reading all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason was sort of joking and he was like, man, you guys should make a podcast about this stuff. This is really fucking dorky. Right. And I feel like that that sentence gets said entirely too much in the year 2020 <laughs> yes. where people go, we should have a podcast. But honestly, like we were like, we should have a podcast. And I and then we did. And um, I <laughs> maybe that was not a good idea, but it worked out fine for us. Um I think it helps. We had access to a recording studio. That was huge. Uh, Yeah, because we lived five minutes. I could walk to your house, Mm -hmm. which was also really huge. And and I think having a space to do it, um, it helped us to organize it. But it also, like, there is something about it that helps us get into the right, me get into the right mindset. Obviously, you're not in a recording studio right now because we're recording this over a phone via. via. Yes, we have been recording this remotely 
since March of this year because of the pandemic. But before that, I def- I, I, I think it's, it's, all, it's almost like the sort of thing that helps people write when they go to a coffee shop, mm-hmm. which also people can't do anymore. But like we would go to this recording studio and be like, okay, we're in a work frame. You know what I mean? We're in a work sp- space and um, there's actual equipment in here and it's not just us sitting over our like kitchen table with the Zoom, which is also fine if you can make that work. But I think like because we were both I mean, I guess I had a podcast before this, but uh, but because we were both like coming into this and trying to do it, and and we had to record some um, episodes before we got on Max Fun, and we needed, and it was good to have it in like a professional space and know like this is the time we start, this is the time we stop, and like have that prepared. Yeah, and I, on, honestly, I think another thing that really helped us from Go, which is funny because it also made it a little more difficult for people to understand what reading glasses was, but we made the decision not to have it be about specific books. Yeah. Because we, if we, if you and I had to read a, a new book every week or every, like if we had to read a book to make the episodes, it would be a lot harder. But since we were like, you know what? No, this is not a book review show. I think it made it easier for us to find time for it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, that was, yeah, very early on, we were like, we don't want to do, which was hard. Yes, it was hard to explain. But like to Max Fun's credit, we were like, here's our idea. And they were like, that's a wild idea. Let's see if you can do it. <laughs> like they yes. said, they were like, go for it. Let's see. Let's see. It does. It is hard. Even now when people are like, oh, you have a book podcast. Like what books do you talk about? And I'm like, it's it's tough to tell people like it's we don't review books on the show. Yeah. Because if you're not a reader, you're like, well, then what do you talk about? I, yeah, it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> and I always give people the rundown of like, look, we go through like genres of books and we'll talk like we did a whole episode about horse books. And people are like, what? <laughs> and then and then I'm like, and then we review stuff like book lights. And then people are like, I'll never listen to this show. Um, yes, <laughs> like You are on board for the book light conversation. Re- Um, Uh, So, all right, Mallory, tell people how it starts like week to week what we do. So a baby reading glasses episode starts out, it just starts out with an idea uh, and we get those um, a myriad of ways. Um, One of the concerns some people we knew had when we started developing reading glasses was that we'd run out of ideas for episodes. They're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you're not reviewing books, then at some point you're going to run out of things to talk about. Not true. We've been doing the show for every week for almost three years and we still have so much to talk about. There's a lot of... um, reader minutia and you know we we knew we didn't want to do a book club show uh there was a lot of the most of i feel like most of the book podcasts out there are reviewing books and Mm -hmm. those are very very popular uh but it would just be too much for us so we um oh but yeah i forgot about this at the beginning we almost did we almost decided to do a one book club every month like every month we were going to we were going to do just regular reading glasses and then once a month do a book club episode and a maximum fun actually was like don't do that that i think that was yeah. them that decided not to do that and i'm gonna give you some hot tips right now because maximum fun they uh, run our podcast network and they gave us some hot tips that i thought was really they were really helpful because yes we love maximum because fun. you cannot the way you speak on a podcast isn't exactly the way you speak in real life and they told mm-hmm. us that they were like look they, this is what people will respond to in your show. And so we started organizing it by, by the way people respond. There's a reason we take breaks at certain times. There's a reason we only do 10 minute segments because that's how people like to listen to podcasts, particularly Maximum Fun listeners like that kind of podcast. So that's a secret that but Maximum Fun told us. And here's the really, really hot tip that Maximum Fun told us. Ask each other questions. Like yes. the way Mallory and I go, Mallory, what do you think about this? Or Bria, what do you think about this? Maximum Fun told us to do that early on. And um, 
I don't know why, but it helps organize the show. It also makes it feel like not not one of us is dominating the show over the other because we mm-hmm. include the other person and it keeps the flow of the show going. And that wasn't in our trial episodes. We didn't do that because we didn't ever think to do that. That's not the way you yeah. really talk in real life. Yeah, when me and Bria are talking in real life, I'm not like, so Bria, what do you think about this? Right, yeah, but yeah, like- yeah. We talk like normal people. And I do think we do, and I'll get to, I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more later, but I do think we do talk a lot like the way we talk in real life, but we do organize the show to make sure that we are both being heard, which is, which is good. So Mallory, yeah. <laughs> how do we do that organization of the show? Uh, yeah. So we, we do have a big document that's just episode ideas. Um, but they, a lot of them just come from random things like, uh, something book related might be happening in the news or one of us will read something and get an idea. I remember when we, we did the book nostalgia episode, Bria had listened to a, um, a podcast and was like, oh my God, I remember about the Pizza Hut book club. And Bria was like, we should do a whole book, uh, a whole episode on book nostalgia. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, sometimes we get a lot of email fan mail about a subject and we'll decide to do an episode on it. They, they, they come from just sort of a big variety of things. Uh, and we just, I have a big document. Uh, this podcast is built on Google docs. Yeah. That's like truly the thing that saves me and Bria. Um, and we'll, we'll just pull from that and uh, deciding what to do when, you know, we, we do organize things around certain holidays. You know, we do our big end of the year episode. We do, do we try to organize things like, oh, we're going to do a spooky episode for Halloween. And we're going to do, you know, we did an episode about romance stuff near, near Valentine's Day and, and everything else just sort of went when we feel like talking about it. And then when we decide we're going to we're going to do an episode about this, I write the outline for it. Uh, We have a template document also in Google Docs. It's like it's an outline of the show with all the segment intros. Uh, There's no it's not a it's not a secret that we start the show the same way. We start each each segment the same way. And so instead of writing that out every week, I just keep a a template for it. Um, And so to do that, um, to fill in all of it, I answer all the fan mail, uh, collect feedback, collect the reader problems, collect the wheelhouses, recommendation requests. We have separate documents for each of those things and each one is at least 40 pages long mm-hmm. so when folks are like wow you're reading feedback from a, a long time ago it's because it takes us that long to get through all that and it's amazing it's one of the reasons why we haven't run out of things to talk about because we get so much awesome fan mail and then I fill in my own sides to it and then I send it off to Bria yeah and then I do the same and um I do a little research on what we're talking about I try to think about these things we don't we try to think about these things ahead of time instead of coming up with them off the top of our heads. I mean, we do definitely come up with things in that moment, but I really do not like podcasts that go on and on and on about something that, that, and it's like, but this was the subject and this is what you were talking about. And we definitely go on tangents for sure. But, and we (laughs) cut some of them out at the end. Um, But I, I like when we get to stay uh, close to the subject. Yeah, I'm the same way I get. uh, And that's why I think we, by this point, uh, you know, when you first started, when you, when we first started reading glasses, we were like kind of finding our way, but now we, I, we can tell how long an episode is going to be just by how long, how much text is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were get, we are a lot better at staying on track. Uh, and after Bria fills her in her side and we, you know, we coordinate with Sean, we pick a recording date, which we do over FaceTime. Obviously we now. used to do this right in person at, at yeah. Bria's house. Um, 
since March, we've done it remotely. We FaceTime each other. We record it separately. Uh, we always record uh, at least two episodes at a time, sometimes three if one of us is traveling and won't be able to record for a bit. Um, this hasn't happened as much this year. Last year, it was really tough while you were shooting two movies and I was on book tour. This year, it's a little bit easier. Uh, it normally takes us a couple hours to record two episodes. Then we both upload them to Dropbox. We pay Sean. He combines them. He makes them sound good. Uh, since quarantine, he's become like a... Um, it's become really important that we have him because he does the com combination of them, making them sound better, uh, which has been really helpful. Um, and then I edit it. I edit, I learned to edit for this podcast. I'm not a professional editor. Um, it used to take me hours and hours. I edit on GarageBand, although right now I'm upgrading all of my, I'm learning, um, Adobe Premiere for video editing. And so I'm going to also learn, I think, a new editing pro software for this program, which is crazy because I never wanted to be an editor. Um, but I was like, Bria's very fucking good at well, it. Well, it used to take me hours and hours. And then I started finding a rhythm. And now I can like do it while I'm kind of doing something else. I often go check the Reading Glasses Slack channel while I'm doing it. I look up new books coming out. I try to do things that I feel like are like productive, but like I can still listen to the show at the same time and edit at the same time. This is interesting, little side, little fact uh, that that um, early on, Max Fun did ask, we cut out all the ums and the ahs out of our mm -hmm. podcast. And we did, and it took forever. And then at some point, I, I felt like I was listening to the podcast and I felt like our cadences, Mallory and I, our cadences specifically, um, kind of rely on these ums and ahs, uh, which I'm now yeah. super aware of, of course. Uh, but they, they're they kind of like our imperfections. And I do cut out our mess ups when we like start a sentence and we're like, what? And like we restart or whatever. But um, I started leaving in a lot of our hesitations and our ums and even some of the mess ups because I felt like it adds to us and who we are. And I feel like on this show, we are not trying to present you images of perfect people and perfect readers and people who have their lives together and read a billion books a year and you should model your life after. We're trying to show you that we are people too, humans who <laughs> enjoy reading. And that is kind of, and I, it feels more important to me to show that we have, um, we say, um, we say, um, and I, yeah. that feels like part of who we are. Yeah. I, well, I think for, for folks, and I, and I also notice this when I listen to podcasts that I, I really like is that I, it sounds more like a real conversation instead of a presentation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, I specifically remember the episode where you were like, you know what, I think I'm just going to leave our ums and ahs in. And I listened to it. And I was like, yeah, this actually just, it sounds more like just us hanging out and having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and so after Bria edits it, she sends it over to me and I listen to it and I listen to it all the way through. I do all the show notes. Uh, again, I think something that helps us after years of recording reading glasses, we don't have as much to cut out unless the show runs wicked long. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easier. I think what used to happen was one of the things that used to run really long was when we had guests in the studio because there was just so much yeah. more talking and, and fun. Um, and now <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but as long the supposed to, the reading glasses is supposed to be 30 minutes. Uh, but as long as it's between 30 and 50, yeah, we're, uh, we're cool with it. We're, it's fine, you know? And so I listen to it. Um, I add all the bookshop links for all the books we mentioned, plus any other relevant links for stuff we talk about. Uh, I also, through my listen, I come up with title ideas based on the funny things that one of us might have said. Uh, and then I send it back to Bria. Yeah. And then um, I do another re listen. I, um, there's often parts where I've re edited and, 
I can hear our voices, our 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 breaths go like or whatever, like, and I try to get all that shit out, and I listen to that on headphone, like uh, headphones that I can hear really well on. Um, and then uh, we use Simplecast now to upload, uh, which I really like. Um, I like it better than what we used to use. So if you're looking to do a podcast, I think Simplecast is really rad. I really enjoy their interface. It's pretty. It's much easier. Um, and uh, so I upload it to that. I upload it to the Max Fun page too. And then it comes yeah. out. I have never uploaded an episode. I still, after years of doing reading classes, have no idea how it happens. <laughs> Bria does all the tech stuff. I just don't like, I just don't know. It's, it always makes me feel bad when people are like, oh, you do a podcast. So what do you use for this? And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. tell you. It's all ma- Bria's magic. <laughs> well, I will say like, if the, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking about starting a podcast, um, I, Garage Get Man, a Bria. Garage, Garage <laughs> Man is actually quite easy. It's very uh, uh, logical to use. Um, and then you can upgrade later if you want to enough to a higher, better system, but it's totally functional. And, um, Simplecast is great. I like Simplecast. Um, it's a, it's an easy app to use to upload your podcast. And then, yeah, every Thursday it comes out. I will say we don't, we don't really do, unless we're doing a live event, we don't do a lot of reading for the show. It's just sort of our natural reading. We, you know, I, part of the reason why, we started doing this is that Priya and I both read a lot. And that's yeah, there, something we... There have been weeks where I, I'm like, ooh, I haven't read anything new since the last show. And I will pick up a new book to make sure I have something new to talk about. But other than yeah. that, no. But yeah, I there are definitely weeks where I'm like, ooh, I don't have anything to talk about on this week's reading glasses. And I'll be like, <laughs> what can I read a few chapters of that I think will be good enough for me to talk about at the beginning of the show? <laughs> I, I What's funny is I, I do that a lot with audiobooks. But I think on the whole, like the core of reading glasses is really that you and I are friends and we read a lot and we like talking about books. Exactly. Like, really, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing artificial, there's nothing... Uh, nothing created for the show like that is the backbone of reading glasses and it's just kind of it's just how we are really like sometimes times Bri and I talk to each other about books that we're reading like not on reading glasses I'll just be like oh Bri I finished this book it's really really good like that's just it's just who we are uh but I will so I I think we probably spend about each 10 to 20 hours a week working on the show um but again we love it it's it's Above all, I get to talk books with my friend Bria all the time. Like, <laughs> it's just awesome. It's it's truly as much work as we put into it. And it, it's still a blast. And I absolutely fucking love doing it. We in one of the best things about the show, which happened pretty quickly as soon as the show came out, is that we have the best listeners. One mm-hmm. of the best parts of the show is interacting with them. Um, it really like from go. I mean, remember when reading glasses came out and like it got pretty popular pretty quickly and people re- like started emailing us and tagging us on social media. It's just like, wow, people who like books are awesome. And it's, it's really, really fun. I will say that I think the toughest, toughest part is just keeping up with all the admin and the scheduling, which is a lot easier now that we don't do as many interviews. But, um, again, like I feel like it, people should be like, hi, Bria, Mallory, Sean, and Google Docs. <laughs> it's like the unsung fourth reading glasses a team member is Google Docs and Google Calendar. <laughs> it's very true. This is not part of the outline, but can I ask you what your favorite, what, what is your favorite part of making reading glasses? Ooh. Um, uh, I like hearing the feedback from people. It's very fun. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part is uh, doing that. I, I actually don't mind the editing too. It's kind of a time where um, my brain gets to do something different than what I normally do in my everyday career. It's less creative, but it is more like, oh, I get to do a thing. I finish it. I'm done with it. You know, and like, it's kind of like a nice little 
um, activity that I get to do. What's your favorite part? I think that I think that might be my favorite part too. I mean, besides just like us getting to talk about books, is that another central core tenet of reading glasses is that readers are generally interested in how other people read. So mm. when we get all this feedback, it sounds so dorky to people who aren't book people. But I'm like, ooh, you use a ballot stub, like your voter ballot stub as a bookmark. That's so interesting. Like, I want to know how people merge their book collections with each other. Like, it's just, I'm always interested in other people's reading lives. And again, it seems so dorky. Like, you know, remember when we were getting all this feedback about people using cups to eat snacks while reading with like as hilarious and dorky as it is it's also really interesting to me and I think it's fun yeah um so you can send your thoughts on book podcasts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and before we interview Sean the great moment where we finally go behind the scenes and talk and I that that's the part that I miss that we're not recording in person is that we don't like get to bother Sean every week and ask him what he's reading and force him to talk talk on, into the mic about about things um, so finally you get your long awaited dose of Sean uh, but first we're going to take a quick break wow we are very excited about our sponsor this week it's a sponsor that you know we're going to love it's Fortunato Chocolate yeah, that's right. We have a chocolate sponsor, and we couldn't be more excited. Since 2008, Fortunato Number no. 4 Chocolate has been prized by top chocolatiers. That's a thing that I would love to be. Uh, chop, top chocolatiers and pastry chefs in Michelin-starred restaurants. Made from rare, organically grown heirloom cacao from the jungles of northern Peru, it's never been available to the general public until now. Now you can get it. Fortunato Number no. 4 is made by a family company that has direct relationships with over 400 farmers and a socially conscious business model that helps farm families earn more. This is available in all kinds of chocolate. You have 36% milk, 47% dark milk, 68% dark, and they're sold in 1.1 pound bars with minimal packaging to keep it affordable. Um, I love a dark chocolate. Anyone who listens to the show knows that I am a chocolate fiend. I eat it all the time. I eat it all day. I eat almost one bar per day. I can eat so many bars of this per day. This dark chocolate is really something special. I love it. I think it's great. There's also milk and dark milk. There's something for everybody. I think this is such a good chocolate. If we were reviewing this on the show, we'd give it five out of five pages. It's so good. It's not uh, too dry. It's not too soft. It is perfect, wonderful chocolate. And the thing about chocolate, I'm sure people know have heard me talk about it. These days, it is important where your food comes from. It's important to think about the farmers making the chocolate. And it's important to have these really cool, well-crafted bars. Like there's don't eat junk chocolate when you can eat something like Fortunato number no. four. So visit podcastchocolate.com slash glasses to get this chocolate. It's very important. Please go buy this chocolate through them so that way we can keep getting sponsored by a chocolate company. It's literally a dream come true for us. So that's podcastchocolate.com slash glasses. Glasses. I, I can remember as, as a child thinking it was odd that here was this can full of meat. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on my show Bullseye, David Letterman on shame regret, and canned hams. Is this the best delivery version of of pork? That's this week on Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. 
So here we are, the long-awaited, very exciting. We're finally going behind the scenes to talk to our own personal reading glasses sound wizard, recording engineer, Sean Cook, all the way from Australia, here to help make reading glasses. Sean, thank you for being coerced into doing this with us. All the way from my apartment bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it made it sound like he like literally came from Australia. Yeah, no, no. Glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My lifelong dream was to come and record you two. <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to say dream. where you're living right now. I don't want some, yeah. what if a rabid reading glasses fan went down to Sean's neighborhood and waited for him? I mean, you know, anything to spice life up, you know? <laughs> John, what are you reading right now? <laughs> well, I'm still reading Eileen. I'm very close to finishing it. Um, <laughs> well, I don't we know when you... We didn't know if you liked it or not, so this is perfect. Well, it's it's pretty good. I quite like it. She's a very unlikable character, which is yes. so it's kind of that strange. What I know about the book is that she's like not no that she's like mean and bad. No one's no one's rooting for her, you know. Um, but it it I I quite like it. So it's it's a weird feeling not liking the person you're reading from their perspective. Um, but still wanting to keep reading it. Um, the other thing that I finished reading a few weeks ago was was Mary, Bria's yeah. comic. Yeah, I, don't I know wrote we... that. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great, and I, I do like the little, uh, very funny, and um, I like the reading glasses uh, little Easter eggs in there. It was oh, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I could, I, there's definitely some reading glasses Easter eggs in there. Just people have people have been tagging me on Instagram, which is really exciting, and yeah. showing me showing me their, that they I, know it's Easter eggs. I will say it is super weird. So we are recording this, you know, five thousand years in, into the pandemic, and it's very weird for us to record this where we're all in separate locations. Hearing you in headphone in my head is very strange because <laughs> normally I'm hearing you in my head, but like I'm pressing play on the computer when I'm editing or whatever. The live now, Mallory in my head is very strange. Now we're here well, live. Well, that uh, brings us to our first question. What exactly does a sound engineer do? Well, um, I tell you off when your microphone sounds funny. And <laughs> <laughs> at, at, like, like we did five minutes ago. And um, uh, generally, well, in the old days, uh, I would roll out of bed um, when I lived next door to Bria, I would roll out of bed about a minute before we were supposed to start <laughs> and uh, walk next door and set up some microphones and uh, would record uh, you guys chattering for a while. And then, uh, and then I, I just, you know, make sure that everything sounds good, that there's no problems with the audio. And then I kind of have some, uh, processes that are pretty similar from episode to episode to try and make them sound consistent and good um you know to listen to and that you're all intelligible and we can hear all the words you're saying and we're not hearing other Mallory's noises. really loud laugh yeah I mean turning down the laughs is a big part of it <laughs> um yeah so it, it's uh I've got the system pretty down now, but in the early days, there was some wild variances from episode to episode as I was figuring out my system. So, yeah, so that brings us to, so 
sadly, Sean has not been with us since the beginning. If you listen to very early episodes of Reading Glasses, they were unshawnified. Uh, so you want to tell the story of how you got coerced into working on Reading Glasses? I mean, I don't even know how. I, uh, <laughs> I, I work with Bria's partner a lot and, and uh, you know, on music stuff. And I think he didn't want to be involved with it. <laughs> I think he was like, I want no part in this. <laughs> um, and so uh, he was like, hey, how about you do it? <laughs> um, and I guess I don't think I really knew either of you very well back then. Um, and so, yeah, that was it. I just started doing it, <laughs> figuring it out. And I've done other podcasts since, which is hilarious because this was never a, a land that I was thinking of getting into. But I've, I've done other podcasts since, and it's pretty funny. So what you're saying is that we it. opened a lot of doors for you and in made the industry, your life. In the podcast industry, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so tell people about like your real what you also do outside of podcasts. My real job? Because you you're you're you actually work with music and musicians and stuff like that. And what do you do in that in that space? Well, uh, I do a lot of different things. Um, Primary when I was in Australia, I was primarily producing music, which is like you're the head honcho, you're the director, you're the everything. Um, a band comes to you, or an artist comes to you, and they, they have some something that they want to record and you sort of have conversations about what their aims are and how, how you want to go about doing it. And you figure out the plan and the budget and then you do it. Um, in America, I, I do some of that, but I mostly am doing more of the technical side of things. So I'm working with an artist and working with a producer and just making everything work for them basically. And, uh, and that's making the... everything work. Can you expand on that? No, that's that's. I mean, create okay, secrets, Bria. It's that's all just what I do. I just make things trade. work. I make everyone's lives easier. I mean, um, you do make our lives a lot easier. <laughs> but uh, that is certainly not happening. In that hasn't been happening in the last six months. So the last six months has been me doing kind of what I do for reading glasses, just mixing audio and uh, doing that remotely and that seems like that's the future <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a lot of me alone mixing voices from beyond oh sean <laughs> is that as depressing as it sounds no it's it's quite quite nice i can go get coffee whenever i want you know <laughs> yeah it's pretty good okay well i think reader our listeners want to know they want to know where you're from and all about Australia. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the scoop. I'm from Brisbane, Australia, which is the, the uh, I think it's the third lar largest city in Australia. And uh, it is, I have referred to it as a small town before. Um, and then I met someone over here who was from, also from a small town. I found out there was 16,000 people in that small town. Brisbane has about 3 million people. So oh my God. slightly different, you know, <laughs> still a small town. Uh, uh, but Brisbane is the city you moved to in Australia when you, you were working in a fancy finance job in Sydney, which is, isn't the capital, but is like the social capital 
uh, of Australia and you were working in a fancy finance job and you and your partner decide to have kids and you want a bigger yard. And that's when you move to Brisbane. You, you move to the, another, uh, you know, position in the company, a little more, you know, you're choosing lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You're choosing your quarter acre lot. That's mm-hmm. Brisbane. It's the suburb. It's the it's the suburb of Australia. That's a great way of putting it. Brisbane is the suburbs of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is the capital of Australia? Uh, Canberra. No one's ever. What? Heard. Mind blown. Yeah. Thought it was Sydney. It was well. I think maybe Sydney was a capital for a while in the early days, and then they made they just made Canberra. They were like, okay, we're gonna build a city in the middle of nowhere and that's going to be the capital and and just another quick question about australia how many things there can kill you uh well we have a a lot of wildlife that will kill you but we also have a pretty good history of serial killers oh um so you know quite a few things uh lots of snakes Pretty much, yeah, yeah, uh, and then the ghost of Steve Owen. Oh, you know, so that's, sad. That's all there. So, what is the difference between the Australian bookish community and the American bookish community? Down under, as they say. Down as as they have been known to say. Um, I wouldn't know the. I don't really know what the bookish community in Australia is doing. I mean, do do you have fans in Australia? Hmm. Yeah, we, we need we need yeah. well they, we need their input because I'm a fraud. I'm an Australian, but I'm a I'm a bad bookish Australian. No, you're not. You're you not, are you not. Read a, you read really cool books, <laughs> but very slowly. All readers That's are okay. readers, Sean. Have you listened to the show? You, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I it it gets to like oh shit the podcast coming up. Oh, I've got to read something quick. <laughs> oh, we like, all oh no, that. I'm, all three of I'm us only do like. That. 10 pages further than when we last talked about it. Quickly, keep reading. <laughs> so what is your reader wheelhouse, Sean? We're all dying to know. Okay. Um, my wheelhouse is probably um, coming-of-age stories or some sort of YA adventure not really sci-fi or that sort of thing, but but maybe more just adventure novels. And then I also like books that are nonfiction, just about stuff. <laughs> maybe a <laughs> old man example. stuff. Um, oh. I don't know. I architecture, music, uh-huh. um, movies. Food. You like food books. Love food books. Love you're to big, read a recipe book. You're a big. You're a big cooker. <laughs> big cook. Sean Cook. Big cooker. John That's big what they say. Um, yeah, but I like reading a, a a good cookbook cover to cover. My mom really likes cookbooks that have a, a ton of photos in them. I could go, you know, either way on the photos. I'm more about the. I want to hear the person writing about the food and why it means something and you know, the cultural significance of, of it, where it's from or, or the, the significance to them. Although I don't like the food blogs, the food blog where they have like 17 pages of when they went 
somewhere in New England, and now this is how they make cider. Oh, no, I totally I agree. Ca- I, I don't care this. about I that. that. I just want get the damn to recipe. The recipe. Yeah, yeah, get to the There's recipe. the reason you yeah, don't yeah. have a book. Yeah, it's awful. Um, um <laughs> wait, Sean, I feel like I know like two more things in your wheelhouse. Really? What? Well, I think you like weird fiction, first of all. Mallory, sure. Sean really a likes a weird, weird story, fiction? for I mean, sure. That's a bit judgy. Like dark, like dark, weird fiction, I think. Sure. Yeah, I guess I, I'll something like that or some surreal stuff. It doesn't need to necessarily all land neatly. And um. you also <laughs> like a little bit of romance. Oh, I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, but sure. mostly by accident. That was that was you what I was reading. The accidentally sexy yeah. novel. What was what was that book? You were reading Normal something people. and you were like, I didn't know that this was going to be a book with a ton of sex in it. Yeah, <laughs> it was romance. Sally Rooney. And I was like, whew. <laughs> so <Yeah>. steamy. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like after that you were like, I'm okay with it, and I'd pick up another one just like it. Well, I did pick up her 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 previous book right. directly afterwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He was in. He was in search of more steam. Steam power, Sean Cook. <laughs> so, Sean, where can we find you on the internet? Oh God, um, uh, I guess they could go to my website, which what is it? It's um, www.xshawncookx.com. Excellent. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. Like, not just great as in it helps make us feel nice, but also, like, literally helps us in the way that advertisers will look at how many reviews we have and be like, wow, these people are pretty popular. And, like, it also attracts a lot of new listeners. Like, I... We all know when you look at a podcast that you might want to listen to, you look at how many reviews there are. And if there are a lot, you're always like, wow, this Mm -hmm. podcast is pretty popular, but people must really like it. I should check it out. It truly, truly helps us out so much. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks thanks for for reading. reading.